1: Monday, December 6th, and this is Season 6, Episode 15 of the 4 Stars First Podcast. This is our loyal listener edition. Um, uh, With me this week, we have Mike. Hello. And Mike, you you were a listener before you came on the podcast. Uh, But now we have two uh, loyal listeners who I'd like to introduce that have joined us this week. So I'm very excited to have uh, people who send us questions often actually be on and be able to defend themselves here. Uh, So first, let's have uh, Cy. Hey, hey. And Jeff. Hello. Well, Cy, I'm going to ask you first, um, and we ask everybody who comes on the podcast, uh, to explain how they became a Spurs
0: fan. So uh, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Jeff. Well, I think we probably want the short version of this. But uh, um, a decade ago, I gave up uh, NBA basketball, like many of us have or should have. I'm not sure if anybody has, but I have. And, uh, you know what? I was always a football player growing up and never liked soccer. And I was like, there's something about this game. I gotta, uh, I gotta get into it. So I, so I, so started looking around and I was like, oh, I gotta have a, uh, premier league team and I didn't want to get relegated. So I kind of eliminated, uh, the bottom five and I wanted to eliminate the top five, which the Spurs, of course, were not in. Um, and so it kind of set me down with 10 teams. I just dissected it and looked at their, their fan base and community and all that stuff. And, um, uh, um as a loyal cubs fan i kind of took to the spurs right away they uh they don't win much well at least, at least at the time and uh seemed like somebody i could root for somebody i could get behind and uh that's how i that's how i got there and i and i think a lot of us come in,
1: not as americans if we if we didn't grow up with a a team like we come into it trying and a lot of us are attracted to the fact that it's it's a team that does Fairly well, but it's not a team that's just buying their victory or just always at the top. Uh, Absolutely. It's more, more of a struggle, and it's, in some ways that's attractive because it's so much sweeter when you do have a success. Um, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, uh, w- what's your origin story?
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar. Um, when I moved into the city, I was going to the pub a lot on Sundays. There were always Premier League teams on. So I was watching the games, and I decided to pick one to follow. And it was the same kind of thing. I didn't want to be the stereotypical American and follow United. Chelsea, at that point, were in the process of winning. So, like, eliminated those teams. And, um, you know, Spurs were a team. They were kind of on the rise. It was when Pochettino was starting. Um, they were exciting to watch, you know, a lot of fun. So uh, they were blue, which was always good. Um, and then uh, um, I, came, I, I looked up and found the Atlantic was a place that Chicago Spurs fans hung out at. So I came to watch a game with everybody, and that was it. Once I met all the fine people there, um I was like, yeah, this is great. This is the right choice.
1: Great. Well, and I think that's how a lot of us, I mean, I, m- most people know my story. I, I, I came out to the, uh, to the Atlantic as well, maybe about close to 10 years ago now. And, um, and I was, uh, looking for a team, I was there for a fire match and, uh, the, 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 the fan base was the one that really brought me into Spurs. They, they, they narrowly, uh, uh, saved me from becoming a, a, an Arsenal supporter simply because I had met my wife at a bar that had an Arsenal flag outside. And I almost made that lifelong mistake. So everybody rescued me from that. But, um but it's great to have you all with us. Uh, I am very excited for this episode because I think it's going to be fun to to have new perspectives. Um and let's go at it. So let's um let's break the ice. So we had two consecutive home victories um in the Premier League uh in in less than a week time. So this is not something that um that, that's happened in quite a while, I think. Um so very exciting. Um, I, I think maybe we just quickly have to discuss that before we even talk about either of the games. So, how do you guys feel after two consecutive victories?
3: I think it's three, actually, if you count Leeds, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because... But so, Leeds. Uh,
1: um...
3: And Leeds yeah. is at home, I think, too. So, I think that's three consecutive home victories. Uh, Well, I guess I'm
1: I'm talking since our last episode, but yeah, oh yes, but but yeah, you you should correct that because that is true. It is three consecutive victories.
3: Yeah, and I feel amazing. I mean, this is I was saying this um, to everyone I know. I haven't said on the pod because I haven't been on the pod for for a little while. But it feels uh, you know I'm just a lot calmer now that we have you know a future. It feels like when you have the right manager, it just feels like. Things are just like, even when you lose a game, it's just a different kind of feeling, you know? Um, and, um, you know, just the three wins in a row, it just feels good. Um, there are, like, winnable games, but under Nuno, under Mourinho, maybe we, we wouldn't have won those games. Maybe they were drew or um, lost one nil or something, you know? So I'm so, so happy to win, uh, to have these three victories.
1: Uh, Jeff?
2: Yeah, because the... the- going on with that it just feels like with Kante in charge now there's finally somebody in charge who you can believe in and you can trust in you know he's a proven serial winner so it's just like you were saying that kind of trickles down that calm feeling like this guy knows what he's doing you know uh, I'm ready to jump along on the ride. sorry
0: yeah I kind of went in a little hesitant uh Luckily, we had two home matches against Brentford and Norwich. So that usually speaks that we have a chance to get six points, at least a good chance to get six points. But when the Argentinians came home injured, uh, the back was a little suspect. I was a little worried that we might tie one of these matches or we could actually lose one of these matches. And, and we played pretty darn well, to be honest with you. Um, I was excited uh, the way we played. There was a, a lot of good to talk about. Um, there was definitely some iffy moments that you know I can't wait to get into as well.
1: Yeah, great. So let's get into it. And uh, so Brentford, uh, we we took on on Thursday. Uh, So that was um, we went into this one. I think we at least us on the podcast felt that it was going to be a free flowing match. And I think it turned out to be that way. Um, uh, You know, Brentford uh, does not sit back and defend when they're on the road like uh, like you would expect a team that just came up from uh, from the championship to do. Uh, they, They are a bit more like similar to Leeds last year they they came up kind of uh firing on all cylinders and it's been exciting to watch them but i th- also think that, that we set up well against that um but it did take us a little bit o- of time to uh, kind of break through here and it took the, a 12th minute own goal like uh, we, we, we uh, t- to uh to kind of get us on the board um and and then it felt like, like we were really steering the ship uh so uh, where are you guys at on this match?
0: Uh, let's start with the uh, side. I thought we started off pretty poor, just like you just said, but um, the possession was back and forth, but Brentford was holding most of the possession. And actually in the first half, we were down a good amount. I can't remember the exact numbers, 58% Brentford and um, 42% us. And and I know we're trying to counterattack, but I figured that if we we're going to be counterattacking, we would either, we'd either have a few offsides or we'd be uh, flying at the ball and countering and, seems like we were kind of hanging back a bunch and um, to uh, even after the goal. I mean, yeah, we got that goal, but it just felt like we were letting them play their game on our home turf. And I'm, for Conte, that doesn't seem like a Conte way of playing. So I was uh, a little bit baffled with that. Yeah, it did seem
1: like at first we were kind of uh, struggling, Jeff.
2: Um Yeah, except that you, the thing that was, was pretty wild was even though they called it an own goal, I mean, it was Ben Davis in the back with a header on a set piece, you know, yeah. like we don't score set pieces and Ben Davis certainly does. And I mean, it was great to see him that involved. Right?
1: Um, yeah, Mike.
3: Yeah. um, You know, I- exactly. And I think, you know, Brentford are a very good team this year. I think they, they've outplayed a lot of good teams. Um So I was concerned. I was really concerned coming into this match. Um And yes, they had a lot of possession, but, Um, I don't think there was any, like, major chances for them. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think Lori's had to make any amazing saves. I don't think they even really got any good shots off. And I think that was, I think that's like, speaks a lot, especially when we have, you mentioned it before, but when we have Romero, our best defender, hurt, um, to see how well our defense is playing and not to allow any chances. Um, And, yes, we didn't look that great in attack, but, you know, when you're not conceding any chances like that, and you have your center backs contributing to goals like Ben Davies you just mentioned. It's a it's a sign of success. I mean, I don't like mentioning Chelsea, but Chelsea have that same sign, you know, of like not conceding chances and then your defenders pitching in. And I'm we're starting to see our defenders start pitching in on a lot of goals. I don't think Kane scored in a long time. And We got Reguillon scoring. We got uh, Ben Davies scoring. Um, we'll get to this later, but Sanchez scored against Norwich. It's a good sign. It's a good sign of a good team.
0: Yeah, it looks like Cy si wanted to jump in with a quick point there. Yeah, man, I think I think it's the, the Ben Davis thing. Is just, it's just re- really remarkable, honestly. I think just with Conte's formation, Ben Davis being the third center back, he's he sat there a couple times when Bertongan were getting hurt or Oliver would get hurt and we would just rely on Ben Davis to kind of sit there. But he's always been pretty darn good at, at pushing up. He's been pushing up a ton. We'll get into this in Norwich too, but he's been in situations a lot these days where – Reggie will have the ball on the side and you see a little one-two and Ben Davis is flying up and, and really pushing up to make, to make plays happen. I'm really excited about that. Yeah,
2: he was, he's been
0: fantastic, Jeff.
2: I was just going to say one other thing with Davis too. It's easy to forget now, but when we finished second at Chelsea, he like created the the most chances from the left side in the premier league that year. So he always had it in him, but you know, the managers we've had since haven't really looked, to use him in that way. It's kind of it's cool to see him back involved that way. Yeah,
3: he's, well, he's and, such and a, a smart lot of, player.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people forget that Ben Davis uh played more minutes some of the uh, our best years under Pochettino than, than even Danny Rose did. Like Danny yeah. Rose, had so many injuries, and uh um Ben Davies saw a lot of time under Pochettino. Um, and I think it's he becomes the scapegoat a lot, like when things aren't working, um, because he has a limited skill set. But he's also a, a professional who's able to do a job, and he, he's very good ab- about like if the coach wants a specific thing out of you, and that's how Conte coaches. He wants some a specific role for each player, and a lot of that role isn't when you're in that back three that they that, that you're, cro- you're you're crossing over in and. In, in, combining with the with the wing back and and you're you're getting forward when there's an opportunity Um, because that that that's how he creates a lot of his opportunities Uh, all all the attentions on the canes and the sons of the world and uh, and all of a sudden you have a Ben Davis flying in out of nowhere um, and there's no answer for him at that point so it's that that was exciting to see in this particular case Um, what do you guys think of Harry Kane's play in this match
3: Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'll go first. I loved it. I loved Harry Kane's play. I thought he was, uh, I know uh, there's a lot of Harry Kane naysayers in the, this whole season. I understand it completely, but his passing was was ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, he was the one that um, released Reguillon to to cross it in the sun. And then some of the passes he's making is it, it, quite well. I think his touches in the box, he's taking too many touches. He seems like he's snatching out a lot of chances he really wants to get he really wants to score it's it's clear that he really wants to score but he keeps really snatching at chances we created a really good chance for him in the 48th minute um uh he was one-on-one with the keeper after um skip actually actually released him and he actually did not take the chance so it's a little that's a little worrisome but his passing has been great
0: yeah i agree i agree with that I, um the thing with the whole Harry Kane, everybody's got their opinions on Harry Kane. They love him right now. They hate him. I mean, the man's a professional. Yeah. He may have messed up early in the season. Not get back into that. But I, what I, what I really think about Harry Kane now is that we're not, we're not really a team that's setting him up as a true point man. He's, I mean, he, it almost is set up that way now, but he's, it's not the way Harry Kane's been at his best. And, Granted, Marino didn't do a lot good for us, but when he brought Harry Kane way back and allowed him to kind of create the passes and send Reggie or send Son and then, do, and then fly to the box and have a one-two. It, that's where he got a lot of his assists or that's where he got a lot of his goals. We don't see a lot of that through Conte, and I'm sure this is going to change. And Conte just said, I mean, he, he doesn't see Harry Kane ever sitting out. Um, and I don't blame him. I mean, Harry Kane is a phenomenal player, world-class player. Um, I don't think he's getting a lot of the credit he's actually been doing. Like you said earlier, he, his passing is just phenomenal. If you put him in a situation where he can create and then attack, I think we're in good shape. We don't have an attacking midfielder. Harry Kane with Marina was our attacking midfielder, and then he went and tried to score goals. We don't have that. Conte's not, Conte's not playing it that way. So it's just uh, that's where Harry Kane sits until we can make him a true marksman that he needs to be. I don't see him scoring a lot of goals, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Jeff, you wanted to jump in too?
2: I was just going to say, I agree. His passing in Brentford was amazing and one of the biggest reasons we won that game. Um, But I did see a difference just to jump a little head to Norwich. Um, It it seemed like in the Norwich match, he finally started getting shots on target. You know, up till now, he's been all over the place. You know, he's missing shots, shots are going off sideways, he's skying, whatever. And finally, he started to to be zeroing in on the net, so I'm fairly optimistic that, you know, he's going to turn that corner pretty soon, and the other thing, like you were saying, Sai, is that, that that poor guy is getting run into the ground, right, he has to play every game, Absolutely. he has to play every game for England, you know, that takes a physical toll on you, um, and I'm sure that's part of, you know, the struggles he's been going through.
0: Well, just to to stop real quick, is that – not to get it in Norwich because we're going to do that, but Harry had that little flip shot over the goalie's head that we all thought 99% of the time that darn thing goes in, right? Mm -hmm. And then he misses it wide left. We'll get into that. But, like, just just little things are just not clicking. I think they will end up clicking, and once they do, I think we're in good shape.
1: Well, and I even remember in this match, like, an incredible pass that he made. Harry came back to goal – receives the ball and just releases it all the way upfield to Emerson who was running and Emerson, but like screwed up the, uh, the, the, the cross on it. Uh, So it didn't amount to anything, but I mean, uh, like I, I couldn't believe that Harry had uh, released that ball and gotten it over top of like the whole defense. Uh, It was pretty impressive. So um, the, the skills there, the, the finishing's got to come and yeah. I And when we talk about Norwich, I think we'll talk about maybe a little bit of lack of luck with some of the shots that he had. Um, But let's talk a little bit about the sun goal in this match. Uh, So it it took until the 65th minute to get the second goal. Until then, I was a a little bit nervous about this match, Um, even though, like, I don't think Brentford had that many good chances. They had six shots. Uh, Two of them were on target and two that were on target were pretty much uh, right at Hugo. I mean, he didn't really have to make an amazing save in this yeah. match, so they didn't really have a lot of opportunities, which is uh, um, which is why it never got incredibly uncomfortable with just the one goal lead. But the sun sun kind of broke through and uh, and put this match away for us. Uh, what did you guys think on that sun goal?
0: I thought it was. Uh if i'm recalling it correctly it was a davies who sent reggie and then reggie made a great run and you could see sun flying through the middle it's just nice seeing that counterattack sun was just you knew reggie looks up for a half a second great play puts the ball where it needs to be and sun obvious ah, quick easy finish for sun but i uh, it was the breakout that would really impress me from uh, from central mid that uh, i think it was davies who put the ball on reggie's feet it was a really nice pass
1: yeah, I think you're right, and it definitely, it definitely was Regulon who got the, the the cross in, and the, and he deserves a lot of the credit for the, for making that play happen. Sun so just uh, finished in the was it got into the right place and finished. Um, so yeah, it was an impressive goal. Um, any other thoughts on this Brentford match uh, before we move the conversation yeah. along? No, yeah, I,
3: I think it's really important that Sun is scoring the way he is. I think it's. Uh, I was so glad when he scored. Actually, it seemed like a relief off his shoulders, and he had a great celebration—the the Spider-Man celebration. <laughs> Shout out Tom Holland! That movie coming out—I'm excited about the Spider-Man movie—and then him announcing his love uh, for for Tottenham—that was great. Um, so I was happy he, he you know, he just... and then there was that video that came out like a day or two later uh, about Son and Tom Holland meeting, which is pretty awesome. But um, I almost think it's more important for Son to be scoring in our team. Than it is for King because I have a feeling that King will score no matter if it's a good manager or a bad manager, tough time, bad time. Like I think he's going to get his goals. But the sign of a like when the when the team is playing well, the Son's getting his goals. You know, and I think that's I think it's actually it's crazy, but I think it's it's more important. And I was concerned about how you would fit into this um this system because he's not he's not necessarily a forward, but he's not necessarily a winger either. So like. It's kind of like a mix of both, and I'm not sure if um, Conte's played with uh, a three back with you know with with um, three uh, two wingers and a striker before. He has actually turns out he played it with Hazard and Pedro, and uh, they both had a really good season. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, that that son is is showing up the way he is. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry,
2: I was good the the other thing I wanted to say about Brentford was um was skip right. I mean. And especially in Bripper, all of a sudden, he was, like, coming forward. He was driving into the midfield. Obviously, that's going to go into the Norwich match there. But one thing that's really fun right now is watching him turn into a star right before our eyes because we all see it. We all, you know, um, Southgate's going to have a decision to make pretty soon. It's nice to have an academy guy who's exploding like this. And Conte seems really excited to coach him and develop him to his full potential, so this could be really good.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we didn't miss talking about Skip cuz uh, Skip it, it's it's just been a as you say like we're seeing him turn into a star before our eyes like he's he's been so fantastic. Like yeah, I think he's everything that we need in a defensive midfielder in a Conte system and he can do those things that Conte wants him to do as well like get forward and contribute when he has to but he always seems to be in the right place to, to, to make the right tackle. Um, so he seems like he has intelligence abo- above his age level, um, and uh, it's been fantastic in both of these matches to see him really step up to the plate, and I think he's more essential to our club right now than Hoi Bière is. Um, I, I think Hoi Bière uh, um, uh, might be, after a window, get relegated to the uh, bench. It's possible. Um, this might uh,
0: this might bring us to Norwich because this is Skip and Hoibier is going to be a big conversation in that that team that game.
1: Uh, yeah, oops, sorry, I uh, had myself on mute. But Jeff, you you had a quick point that you wanted to jump in with there. No, but just to up the same thing you were
2: saying. I mean, if the idea is we're going to get a more creative uh, midfielder in, or you know maybe. The uh, Ndombele Re- reclamation project will work out. You know, one one of these two guys is going to have to go to the bench. And I totally agree with you, it si. It's it's, it's Hoybeer who's going to have to go to the bench if, if that happens.
0: Well, just yeah. before we get into Norwich, I want to make one little comment about Ndombele. You bring up Ndombele. And I, and I know we give him a lot of flack. But I was talking to Anthony about this a couple of days ago. And Dombele is a phenomenal player, no doubt. He's got skills. We we've, we say this over and over and over again. It's kind of odd that five straight coaches, including Mason, cannot find a way to put that him, this creative guy, into their team. He holds the ball well. He can pass well. He runs, 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 and he gives the ball up. We can we can we can talk about uh, his his lack of um, skills, but not not many exist. But he the lack of playing time is really amazing. Five straight coaches, five straight managers will not put this guy in the club on the on the eleven starting. That that's mind blowing at this point. Yeah, believe well, and, and Conte
2: too. I mean, he had nice things to say about Lo Celso, who we almost never see because he's perpetually injured. Um, Always. But the only thing he said about you know Tangi is, oh, he has to you know make sure he's in the right place for the team and know that the team game. So it doesn't sound especially good. for – which is, I think, too bad because, yeah, I think
0: you've got all the tail in the world well. I think he could be a great player. But- is it not time to sell him? Sorry to talk over you, but is it not time to really honestly start talking about selling if If a player of his caliber and, and, and take a loss on the gentleman. You know he's a good kid. I'm sure he's great. Send him back to France. Somebody's going to buy him. Yeah, they're probably not going to buy him for 65 million. But maybe they buy him for 45, 40, and he moves on. And he has and he resurrects his career. And he has a good, you know, a good career. If we're not going to play him, there's no reason to sit on 45, 50 million pounds.
3: Yeah. No. I see. I agree with. I agree with the the scenario. I think I will um, defend him and say that you know a lot of the managers that we've had have been more defensive managers and what they want in midfield usually are like with Nuno, Mourinho, um, even um, I can't even think. Yeah, so Mourinho, Nuno and um, Conte, I would say that both, they want someone in midfield that's going to pretty much stick to the position for the most part, have that position awareness, track runners. And I think that's the only thing he's kind of lacking on is yes, he could do all of that. But I think regarding the dirty work, tracking runners, um, marking guys that are, are making runs into the box. It's just some of the things that he lacks on the most. And I think that that is kind of like a, a you know, maybe our, our managers from before didn't, didn't don't like that, you know, are trying to coach him to, to do that, but maybe it's not in him. And honestly, like I was saying earlier, I'm so happy about having Conte. If Conte doesn't think that he's going to be in his plans, then I'm all for it. You know, if you need to sell him, I would say sell him at this point because, We've gone through the we've gone through the process with him. We've given him, I think, ample opportunity. And he's actually performed. Um, he's actually performed for us. He's done well. But if he doesn't fit into the manager's plans and we have the right manager, then I think that at that point, you know, so be it. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way about Stephen Bergvine. I'm actually a big fan of Stephen Bergvine, but he's not seeing minutes under under Conte. And there's, you know, um, if Conte doesn't see him as someone that he's gonna consider reliable, someone that he wants to rely on, then by all means um, you can sell him. And I think that's one of the things about Conte is that he'll he'd rather have someone that's going to do the dirty work, he'd rather have someone that's going to do all the running and do the positional awareness making sure that you're sticking to the position that he wants you to be in, rather than the guy that's going to just be all over, be the, the highlight guy you know, Marie, I would say Pochettino or uh, or uh, Pep Guardiola th- those kind of managers would probably love someone like Ndombele but Conte is a guy that doesn't like he looks like like he just did. he started winks over even when Skip had that five card yellow five yellow card man, he started he started uh, winks over in Dombale and that's a that's a sign of the, the manager and there's nothing it's not a knock on in Dombalay and I think he's gonna still I think he's gonna have a good career he just needs to make sure he finds the right manager or or this is a big if maybe maybe Conte can coach him to be that guy that he wants him to be and that'd be a huge for us
1: yeah yeah he's got the the skills if he can if he can teach him and he certainly made that claim that he wanted to make him be kind of this reclamation project that he was going to give him extra training and stuff but um but it's he still hasn't seen time uh, significant time on the pitch with gante yet so it's looking pretty uh, unlikely at this point but i want to move the conversation along into mvp and lvp so we'll start with mvp um uh I'll start first this time, and I'll say I think uh, I want to give it to Regulon. Like that, that that uh, play that he made for the sun goal was incredible. Um, he, he he was uh, playing good defensive, which we don't see. I think, um, and yeah, he's just been uh, incredibly amazing um, since Conte's come on board and kind of had a little bit of time to coach him. Like all of a sudden, we see the, that that player that we all thought was there. Um, that we weren't getting that much out of as a as a left back. Like he he really needs to be a full uh, uh, like a winger, like a, a wing back. Um, but um, how about you next, Mike? Who do you have for MVP?
3: Yeah, I got Ben Davies. Uh, the this guy is completely different. I'm, <laughs> who's this Ben Davies? Who we don't even know him anymore. He's 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 been so reliable for us, and he never. He's never really gotten the praise from from, from Spurs fans because when a team is performing well, he's performing well. And we focus more on the strikers. We focus more on the midfielders. But uh, Ben Davies has really stepped up um, in both games. And in all three games, he's really stepped up and uh, shown a lot for us.
0: Uh Cy? Yeah, Anthony, I was with you. Um, I'm with, I'm regularly on as well. I think he had a phenomenal game. No, no, not many mistakes. I can't even recall one to be honest with you. And he really uh, owned that left side, moved the ball around. And, and that run he made to get something to make it two zero was just the, the clincher for me. Uh, Jeff.
2: Um, I was going to go with Skip uh, because I thought not only did he block the midfield really well, he started to be progressive, right? He he started to get his you know bring the ball forward and a lot of progressive passing which we really needed um and i thought he made a big difference in that game
1: yeah and it, it's amazing we have three different guys that i think there's really good cases for in this match which is uh is really nice to see that's that's where we see things kind of shifting with conte uh, this one's gonna be a little bit more tricky like because uh, i don't think we had that bad of a performance here um does anybody have an lvp for this match uh let's start with jeff
2: um i I stay in the midfield, my l v p is Hoyvier um I don't know i I'm just starting to get that Emperor has no clothes vibe off of him. um It's not that he's bad, yeah, I mean he's obviously the Viking, he's a great leader, we like him out there on the field, but he is limited in what he can do. um there's all that talk after the euros that hey um you know he plays much more attacking and stuff for Denmark. But, boy, he has all kinds of trouble passing for us. his passes don't get to their target like he would like. um he's just kind of becoming frustrating. That's why when we talked earlier about who would be the last man standing if one of one of those two midfields had to get dropped, I would think it would be him um He's not a bad player, but you could kind of understand a little bit why um you know he 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 wound up at Southampton and then with us instead of the career path that he was on to begin.
1: Yeah, and I and I'm, I'll am just jump in right now. I
0: agree with Jeff.
1: Uh, Hobeir was my
0: LVP. Si, uh, honestly, I didn't really have one. Um, everybody played pretty well. Hobeir, I'm I'm looking to nitpick with him, and I really just didn't see him having that poor of a match. I don't really have one. Mike.
3: Yeah, um for me it's kinda harsh, but you know, Winks coming off the bench. I, I thought I thought he could I thought he he just misplaced some pass he's there for possession. He's there to close out the game and, and relax the team. He's like not doing that. And you see there's a moment in the eighty eighth minute where he's like yelling at like Dyer's literally yelling at him um for for giving up the ball and, and not keeping possession. And I, I don't think he keeps our midfield calm. I don't think he keeps our team very calm. The way Skip and I think Hoiberg even does it better. Uh, Hoiberg, despite his faults, can at least do that. Keep keep us calm, stay collected, take the time to make the right pass. Sometimes Winks is is rushing it and uh, puts us under pressure sometimes. And uh, yeah, so I would say Winks, even though it's harsh, he only he only came on very late.
1: Yeah, it's it's always harsh when when you especially when you don't give up a goal. It's harsh to give anybody the LVP, but I I understand your point there uh, with with the substitution. And I was I was thinking that maybe that would have been a good uh, in Dombley opportunity to come on instead of Winks, but um, but yeah, we we went Conte went with Winks, which tells us a lot, I think. Um, Let's move the conversation along into Norwich. So we 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 set up and and uh, we're. Like Emerson Royal had come off uh, a little bit early in this Brentford match, and it looked like he had a bit of an injury. So the one big change that we saw in the lineup uh, uh, against Norwich was that that Tanganga was playing as a um, as a wing back, um, which isn't really his good role. Like he definitely wants to be a center back. I think he's done a serviceable job as a as a right back uh, for us this season when we're playing in a defensive system. Um, but I, I do think that not much was happening on, on his, uh, his wing, uh, in this match. And it, it definitely made things, uh, look like it. we were struggling a little bit more than we should have been, but we did get that early, uh, Lucas, uh, more, uh, goal in the 10th minute, which, um, which I think was an impressive goal. And that certainly helped us, uh, um, get control of the match, but I think it still was a little cagey until, um, and we knew that Norwich would play a little bit more defensive than Brentford. Um, but it was, I think a bit cagey until we got that second goal. Um, but let's talk about that Lucas Moore goal first. Um,
3: let's, let's start with Mike. Yeah. Absolute rocket. Honestly, though, it was just an absolute rocket. He just whipped it. And, uh, his celebration was pretty awesome too. He just, I mean, that was twice in that game that happened where they didn't really celebrate. It was kind of weird. It was like a, almost like anger, you know? Like Lucas Moro was an anger celebration, and Davison, Davison Sanchez was also the same anger celebration. And then finally, Son goes over to him and he starts smiling and, and he's happy, but um, he just whipped it. He just, you know, he hit it really with a lot of venom. Um, and it was a really good play, honestly. A good link up between Son and him.
1: Uh any anybody else on look more which i i think like he's he's doing well under Conte. uh like we know his limitations like uh you know he's he's never going to be a superstar but he can he can pull out a goal
0: like this every
1: once in a while last uh, i
0: yeah he uh he came out and said he's he's not a superstar he's not a, he's not a goal scorer he scores goals i mean that's he does, and he works his butt off. the The, 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 play, the link play to, with some was just phenomenal, and the for him to keep that ball on his foot, and then have enough uh, behind him to blast it that hard in the top left corner was was pretty great. Um, not to change subjects on it though, but back to Tangega real quick. Um, he is not a a winger on the right side, and but the great thing about Tangega is he's he's versatile. He's able to get up there. You could see us pushing the, our defenders, pushing the ball left and trying to get into Davis' and Reggie's feet and trying to push it up towards Son and Kane. That way, I don't even know the statistics on it, but it had to have been 75% of the time. Tengenga was not having the ball at his feet very often, and he doesn't need to have his ball at his feet very often over there. But, yes, he is a center back. Um, and at some point, he will probably be called on because Rodin's not being called on for anything at this point. And I don't know if it's just his speed or his strength or something Conte is not enjoying but uh, it seems to be all day, Sanchez or Tanganga back there, and uh, and uh, but the, as for the Mora goal, I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, I think he was even surprised that that darn thing went where it went. I mean, he hammered that thing as as did Sanchez, so it was it was pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, and Jeff,
2: yeah, the so Moro played a really good game against Norwich, but I'm going to be the rain on the parade guy about him because. He had that goal was fantastic he had eight, he was up to eighty four percent pass accuracy for this game, which is great, except that for Brentford, it was fifty four and this was his first premier League goal since february, so twenty two premier league games since he had scored
1: um
2: I mean, we all talk about how frustrated we are with with Ndombele, right but, but he's been living through the Mora thing even longer um you know he gives a lot of effort, he's fast. But the end product is rarely there. And if you're going to make a change, somewhere in that front line. If they are going to keep being a three-four-three, that's your weak link. Um, I still think, and that the way Pacchettino used him to begin with is his best, which is coming off the bench as an impact sub. When the when the other team's defense is all tired out, you let him loose. He comes right, you know, he's running right at guys through tired defenders, and um, you know he's a much better player that way. I think he's totally miscast as a starter and you don't get the production that we need to challenge for the top four with, with him in that uh, starting three. I a hundred
0: percent. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, start. I agree with you completely. Start him in the cups, start him. Uh, start him in the, the conference league. Um, but ideally we need somebody better to be our starter in premier league matches. And it sounds like you are about to agree with me there. So I, I-
0: I, I totally am, and I think, Jeff, I think you're dead right. I mean, no one else can play that that three up top on the right side there. We don't really have it. I mean, I'm super amazed to this day that Mourinho did not play Bale more. Every time he came on the 70th minute, we had somebody who could create and give Harry and Son more chances. Moore is not a creator. He doesn't have it in him. Yes, he can control the ball. He works his ass off, and he always puts his head on the ball and keeps plays running. He's a, he's a beast, no doubt. He's not a goal scorer. And so – or really a creator. So what is he for us? He's wheels. He's fast. He can get his butt down the pitch and he can make things happen. But besides that, I think we need somebody on the right side. I think we need a creative midfielder. I think we need Mora to be replaced somehow or at least give him time off. I think we need to see center back. But we'll get into that later. What we
1: need is like some kind of robot that mixes people's skills. And like you have <laughs> Mora's willpower and, a, and willingness to take a player on which we, we were definitely lacking until Conte got here, and I think players are starting to step up and then uh, put, put Harry Kane's finishing in passing, and like we, right. we, we, need, we need some kind of Borg uh, combination of players, but more yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I still want him on the team as a bench player, uh, but we need to have like a if we're going to stick with three up top then we need to have a, a a better attacking option that's that's the place that we can improve at with a, a second true striker i think um, uh but i want to move the conversation along to to the um the second goal um and that was the davis and sanchez uh set piece uh, header um and that's um uh, we have a question for that comes from uh Peter who we all know well at the pub uh, and Peter asks us uh, any idea why Dave gave daggers to Dyer after scoring. I hope no one <laughs> ever looks at me that way. Um, <laughs> did you guys catch that? Like uh, th- kind of that look on his face. Um, Sorry, si,
0: it looked like you wanted to tackle that first. Yeah, I actually, I thought Lucas said that but I'm glad Peter said that. Um, I think it was a surprise. I mean, he hasn't scored in three years. So, I think he was just like I just hammered that thing, and I think it looked dire. Like, did you see that? Did you, you know? I'm sure a lot of you know shit was going through his head. He was, I just think he was really pumped up, and he was like kind of Superman there for a second. Um, and it wasn't a header; it was off his right foot. You said his header, uh, Anthony. Again, Ben Davies getting his head on the ball again, spining away in the middle. When is he doing that? Like. Why is he always suddenly always down low and get his head on the ball, creating things? And Davis and Sanchez is putting things away. I mean, sign me up for this. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I said header, but yeah, you you are correct, uh, Jeff.
2: I was just gonna say I, I just took Sanchez looking mad and everything because I mean we all have as, as a sand-based dog pile on him all the time. Right? He's he's you know especially after the Muro disaster, you know. Um so that's why he just well, at least to me I thought that's why he gave the body language he did like you know see I can be useful but um and it was a really good goal a good reaction goal that's something we've been missing you know around the net so it was good to see Mike
3: Yeah exactly and you know scoring goals like that like set pieces is a sign of a good team and I don't, I can't remember the last time we scored a set piece um uh, prior to Conte like now this is three games in a row. Uh, we said, I mean, the dire free kick that hit the post, uh, Reguillon taps it in. Then you had the off the corner son to Davies, which maybe was called the goal against Bretford, And then we had this Davidson Sanchez goal. So this is a good sign, you know, and, and we're, Harry Kane hasn't scored and you're, you're, yet yeah, we're still winning is always a good thing. Um, and so this is, it just makes me, it, it makes me happy, especially when you see our defenders getting involved like this, like, it just makes me so happy. I, I gotta say, it makes me so happy. Like on scoring, Devson Sanchez scoring, Day scoring. Dyer's next up. Like I like the next the next uh, prediction you want me to put, I'm hundred percent putting Dyer on there. <laughs> Believe it. You know what I'm saying? I think Dyer's gonna score against Brighton. And um you you could write that. Nail that on, I think for sure. Or Emerson, yeah. either one, I guess.
1: It it is nice to see these goals coming from other positions other than 'Cause that that's what been one of our biggest problems over the last few years. We only have these two guys scoring goals. And if they're not on, if Son and Kane aren't scoring, um, then we don't have anybody else to score. So now to be able to get these goals that are being uh, created out of other people
0: is is huge for us. Uh si? I just think real quick we gotta we gotta remember who we're playing here. We've won three straight, but that's Leeds, Brentford, and Norse. Not that anybody's easy to beat in, in the uh in the Premier League but we we're, we're going to need our big boys scoring goals, more Son and Harry putting goals in. If we go, if we want to go into city or if we want to go into Manchester United, or hopefully we take down Arsenal coming up, you know, Liverpool coming up. I mean, like we're not going to win those games with Sanchez knocking one in. We're going to need three. We're gonna need two or three and we're going to need Harry and son to do so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't want them, but I'm glad to see goals coming from other places. Absolutely. As well. Um, uh, the last goal was, uh, was another sunny goal, like a 77th minute. Um, and that kind of put this, uh, a way out of reach. We were comfortable. Um, but I liked th- that we got that goal and then we still held on and, and didn't, um, didn't like give one back or anything like that. This, this was two consecutive clean sheets that we had. Um, um, What did you guys think on this uh, final goal in the 77th minute?
3: Great link-up play between, uh, I think it was Skip to Davies, Davies to Sun, and then Sun with the finish. Fantastic link-up play.
0: And Davies, man,
3: making these late, smart runs into the box. He doesn't have the athleticism, but he just uses his brain uh, when it comes to this stuff. And he just makes good runs, and that's all it takes sometimes, making a good run, making a good pass. And, you know, I think he got two assists. Technically, it is the Davison Sanchez. I think that counts as assists. So he's got two assists this game. He's he's doing really well. He's contributing a lot. And he's, him and Skip, just amazing. Amazing. Skip got mad at the match, obviously, because he deserved it. He was outstanding. But um, Davies was close second.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and maybe that's a good uh, place to go into our MVP. Um, and. Uh, uh, well, if
0: you had something you wanted to jump in on. First just side, just really quickly. I just want to give Doherty some love. I know, I know we just really hate on this guy, but he came off and he, he's the one who, well, he actually made it not a great pass, but he drove the ball down, right? Crossed it, missed Sun. It went a little far. And then that's when the, the skip Davies Sun thing happened. But, but it was, it was for Doherty to kind of get that uh, play uh, truck moving. And I thought he had a really nice, you know, whatever it was 20, 25 minutes in there. And I think, you know we're going to need him with, with injuries and who knows what's going on with Royal and uh, and you can't have Tenganga on the right side very often. So I'm seeing Dory coming up. Well, and to your point,
1: so he, uh Conte certainly recognized that Tanganga was not working, and Doherty was his option with Everson not available and and the fact that he he gave him the shot I think shows that maybe maybe the guy that was a true wing back to begin with, maybe there is a, a place for him in this squad. If, if, if he can get some, some regular minutes and uh, can, can show that he can contribute in the way he was with Wolves back in the day. Um, but it, he, he certainly looked like hot garbage most of the season so far. So it was nice to see him put in a, a decent performance. Um, Jeff. Um, yeah, uh, talking about who the MVP is. Oh, yeah, let's start with. Yeah, I'm sorry, I I didn't do it up, but let's start with MVP. Well, MVP, I thought you'd
2: skip. I mean, that was man, and the the stuff. I mean, as much as he was doing the going forward and progressive stuff in Brentford, he still was against Norwich, but man, some of those defensive plays he came up, particularly the one on the sideline where he slid in there, got the ball, and got it off to a teammate. Um, you know. That that was pretty amazing. So yeah, I thought Skip was the MVP.
1: I like it. Uh, let's go to Mike next.
3: I mean, yeah, I agree. Skip was definitely MVP. He was he was all over the pitch. He was amazing. You think he would go easy on his former team? I mean, the team he got loaned to helped him get he helped him get to to, to the Premier League. You think he'd go a little easier on him? But now he was he he was I mean, just amazing, honestly. And honestly. I mean look, I'm not trying to hype up I always hype up players, alright? He looked a lot like Kante out there. It was kind of crazy. I was like, is this a reincarnation of Angolo Kante? This kid is playing amazing and his slide like the slides he does is pretty awesome too. He'll like slide and then like pass it, which is an intercept it, then pass it, which is pretty awesome too.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with that. Like in Skip's mind as well. I'm not going
0: to even add to what you guys have already said. But Sai, who, uh, who do you have? Uh, to make it easy, it's it's the answer. Skip. There's nothing else to say about that. I mean, I, like you said, Davies is right there. Um, he had a really great game, I thought. But um, Skip showed us that game, especially against his former team, that uh, he's ready to play. He's ready to step up and try to be a leader. Um, kind of the player that Hoi Bear was for us last year. I think I really see Skip falling into that. He picks his head up and he runs downfield. He looks downfield first, which is what Winks has never done. Um, which is why he's probably not playing as much. But yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's Skip. Period. Great. Um, LVP. I'll start
1: with this one, and I'm going to say Tanganga. I He just was. And it maybe it's unfair to him. That he's a man out of position. Um, but um you're given an opportunity to start and, and the coaches asked you to do a certain job. Like I would have felt better if like, it looked like he was trying to bomb forward, but he was uh, missing, missing the crosses or he was losing the ball uh, when he was driving towards the box. Um, but he didn't look like he was doing what he was asked to to do. So uh, that that's what I disliked about this performance. Like uh, I, I can forgive him for not, being a man out of position and and maybe not performing well um but but not looking like he was trying to do what was being being asked of him and we clearly know what is being asked of him because uh every wingback uh, does what what Conte wants him to do or at least tries so so you for me me for me he's my lvp uh let's go to jeff next
2: yeah, um, I agree. It was ten giga. Anytime you get subbed off for Doherty, you're automatically the LVP, I think. Um, <laughs> but I did want to say one nice thing on the other side with our wingbacks. When Regian got forced off with the injury, I thought Sessanyon stepped in and did a really nice job. Um, he had a couple beautiful crosses right across the you know the front of goal that we couldn't get on. But that was a really nice bounce back after uh, you know the the double yellow he had at Moira.
0: So I I think that's his, his best game. Yeah. I think that's his yeah. best game as a spur in a, in a while. I mean, I know he had a goal in the last year against Lipiano. So I believe, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Session had, a, I mean, that's could be a game he can really thrive upon and, and work from, especially if Reggie might miss some time.
1: Yeah, man, that's, uh, I did see, uh, a, a, a tweet from the club that was retweeting Regulon that saying that don't, don't drop him on your fantasy team. yet." Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> um it, the injury was minor so it seems like he's going to be available um um uh, depending upon the covid situation that we'll talk about later but right. but it sounds like he w- the the injury wasn't that bad is the good news there but it was probably cautionary to take him off uh mike your uh your lvp
3: um yeah this is it is tough i mean everyone played really amazing um but I think it has to be Tanganga. I think it's a lot of weird um, interchanges that he had where um, he thought he had the ball and then he got kind of like skinned and then Davison had to come by and help him out. And so I, I think he, he's just not made for that role. And I don't think he should be playing that role long term. Um, and it's a little concerning because maybe, maybe Conte doesn't see him as a center back long term. And uh, this might be... I don't know, this this might be a time where maybe he can just get a, a loan or two or maybe he'll he'll uh, he'll end up moving on. But um even though we love him, we all love him, but um he doesn't have a, a definite role in, in this in this in this in this um positions. But again, I agree with you guys with Sean now Cesignan, I think he played really well. I think it's a healthy competition for them to have too. I think him and um him and Region, on and Region, they could go back and forth and that's a strong left side. I think we need to add another right back because despite Dorothy playing okay, I think long-term, he's not going to be good enough for us. So um, if we can add a right back, actually on the other side, uh, Max Ahrens uh, on Norwich, I, he's actually a pretty decent right wing back and I think he's really good going forward. Not so great defensively, but if you're playing that right wing back position, I think he could he could play really well for us. So, I mean, uh, look, Norwich is not going to sell him during January, obviously not, but, long-term, why
1: not? You know what I'm saying? Why not go for something like that? Well, and I, I, I saw the, uh, other Dembele being names being tossed around and, and stuff like that as well. But yeah, there's a, um, I think he would be a good fit. That's not a bad one. And, and, uh, Teddy Cox did ask us, uh, who we want to bring in at the window. It's a little early for that. Uh, and we will have podcasts where we'll talk about more in detail, what moves that we need to make. Um, but thank you for that question. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, but I think that's about wraps up the first half. We do not have any halftime segments today, but the second half, we are going to pre- um, talk a little bit about the FA cup draw and then preview this conference league match on Thursday. And then the weekend uh, Sunday, Matt uh, premier league match against Brighton. So let's go right into it. And um, this uh, today, this, af- this afternoon here in the United States, uh, um we had the uh, fa cup draw happen um and i this is a I would love to have a a Brit on the episode who can actually pronounce this uh, this club correctly for me um but uh so we we got and uh, jeff maybe you can pronounce it right i, I looked it up If the uh, google stuff is right it's morcom More, uh, so morcom fc they're a they're a League One uh, side in twentieth place in League One, uh, so they're not very good. They're just out of outside of their relegation area in League One, um, so I,
0: I I think this is a pretty good draw. What do you guys think? I don't think you could ask for anything better than this. Honestly, to be able to rest players and maybe get get a couple um, guys some playing time. I mean, they they beat Buxton FC. I mean, they're not even in the top two four leagues. They're in. Uh, the the SME I can't even pronounce the, what, what league they're in. They're in some other league, and they beat them one nothing. And and I wouldn't try to look back at some highlights, and it it wasn't very good side that they are that, that beating Buxton. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to maybe play some players, rest some players, and know that we're going to move on and find the next uh, round. They have a shrimp on their logo. I mean, they can't be
1: anything <laughs> that, they can't be anything that special, right? <clears throat>
3: famous last words before we before we get beat 2 0 no. against
1: right, right. <laughs> um but uh the uh we don't have the schedule out yet but that will take place uh the weekend of January 8th 9th uh th- that's the FA Cup weekend when it comes in uh when when they're still playing on the weekend and uh before it goes to uh like weekday matches after some teams get eliminated after the first couple rounds so so we can look look ahead to that in January uh but but now we've got two um up and coming matches to talk about um most significantly this match against Rennes on Thursday this is a conference league match and you know they're um obviously the um I'm not going to preview the players or anything like that or what they're in the league though they are doing fairly well in the French league in second place um but uh I wanted more to look at where we're at in the table so so we drew them at their home um and they're currently um, leading the group. Um, and they have a clinched, right? Yeah, yeah they have it. They have it clinched, so they don't have to play as strong of a side against us. We have to worry about the who's uh, kind of uh, breathing down our neck a little bit. So this is kind of a because of the results at Murrah, this is kind of a must win for us. Uh, but we have two questions that, that, um, that tackle this run game. Um, and, I'm, and they kind of both are similar enough that I just want to give you both questions and we'll kind of answer them as a, as a group question. Um, so the first one comes from um, um, Tom at THFC underscore TJ on Twitter. And he says, should we go full strength and try to win the game versus Wren? And then we have one from Hotspur Hotspur Sam on Twitter. Um, And he asks, do you want Spurs to progress in the Euro conference competition? Yes, no, and why? Um, So um, I think we're seeing this, this question go out there a lot. Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot on Twitter. And everybody's asking, do we just... To give up this competition and be able to focus on the league and in, in domestic cups? Um, or do we, uh, uh, at this stage anyway, or do we, do we fight for a trophy here? Um, so where are you guys at with those two questions and we'll start with Mike.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is, this is a, a question that's been asked for the last five years and the same questions I always asked, would you rather go for top four or go for a trophy? Um, uh, and we haven't won a trophy since, uh, what, 08? Um, it's been four, 13, 14, almost been 14 years now. Um, and so this is a long time coming. And I think, look, um, I think a lot of people say their piece on it, and there's no wrong answer. Um, but I think that as fans, we want to see as many games as possible. So it's just, just me being greedy. I love watching Tottenham play, especially with a good manager. and uh, the more games that we have is the more options we have, the more time we have for players that aren't getting minutes. And we can see realistically, are they going to be good enough for our team or not in these games? Um, and so I want us to win. I want us to win. And I think we're actually tied on points with with the with, uh, test right now. So in the I I'm pretty confident they're going to beat Mura. Despite we despite the fact that we lost to them, I'm pretty confident they're going to beat Mura. So um, it's really going to come down to us against Wrens against Ren at home, and I think we'll win. Um, but the problem with us is that we only have one striker. We only have Harry Kane, you know, and he can't be stretched along all of these matches. So if we do win against Wren, if we do go to the next round of this league, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, um, we do need to um, sign another striker. Like, that's not an option. We have to sign another striker yeah. because Harry Kane can't afford to play all these games that's my opinion on it. I want us to win though. I got to be honest if this is a conference league. This is something that we could definitely win. I think we're probably the best team in the entire uh competition, maybe close with Roma, maybe close to brands, but I think we are the best team in the competition. so I think we should win
1: well, and I have heard the argument said that what w- what's the prize that you get for winning this trophy you You get europa league we We're pretty confident that we're at least going to qualify for Europa League this year, regardless of uh, um, whether we win this cup or not. So I I understand that point. I always take the stance that I think if we're going to build a winning mentality that to even win a Mickey Mouse trophy, it would be huge for for the club. But let's go to, I think, Sai, uh, you were next.
0: Uh, I'm with you guys. I, I really just feel like you should always play to win games. I mean, who, who takes games off now? The case is Renz is going to probably play their B squad against us. They don't need to win. And they're in second place in, uh, in league one. So, I mean, and, and just uh, last month they came and beat PSG two. 0 I mean, they're, they're a good side. Um, and we tied them on the road so that we're playing well. I think you got to win this game. I think you start the likes of, you know, and winks Rodin, deli, you know, all the guys who are not getting time. You might just start those guys. They're all great players. You give them a the time. Try to give them more minutes, the the Burvines, and then you sit, you know, Son and Kane on the bench, and if you go up a goal or if you need a goal late, you got you got some attacking force. I think you got to try to win the game. I think who cares what the cup is? I mean, does it really matter? Just win, win, win is what I say. And you do have the five subs in
1: this competition, so th- that gives you the, the benefit that you can start a weaker squad and then just bring on a load of stars at the end if you still need a goal for that last, like, 30 minutes or so. Uh, without making the squad too tired. Uh, Jeff?
2: You know, when this season
1: started, I really thought we
2: could win the Europa Conference League and get a top five or six position. Um, I don't think that anymore. Not after watching the second stringers out there through this whole thing. Um, you know, they can't be relied upon at all. You can't, I keep hearing people say, oh, you can't make nine changes and expect any you know, anything from them, but but, I mean, side like you were saying, you know, these are guys who started in the past. They should be able to do it. But they just have shown over and over again they can't. Um, so at this point, I think we're better served concentrating on the league and, and trying to get a win in one of the Cups. Um, and the decision might get taken away from Conte now, right? Because now we found out there's this COVID outbreak in the team, so... Um, you know, we don't even know who is going to be available to play through, So I um, don't so, know. It's all it's, You know, yeah, we'll have to listen to Arsenal fans laugh that we got cra- that we crashed out of the Europa Conference League. But you know, if we still yeah you know, finish top
1: four in the Premier League, we'll be laughing last. So. Well, and Mike had a quick point first, and then Cy had a quick point.
3: Yeah, um, I will say I, that's. I forgot to mention that that's a big reason why not to start a lot of. The, I mean, you're only going to be left with a certain amount of players, anyways, when you go into his run game. But um, I think that um, I think that this is it's it's a it's a it's a it's a fair point. I think you're making a fair point that we shouldn't be able. We couldn't. We can't win without with our B team because our B team is isn't good enough. They're not playing well enough. But I mean, Man City have won the League Cup four years in a row. Four years in a row, Man City won League Cup, and I'll tell you what—they have not started their. They've started their B team. Now, look, their B team is <laughs> our A team <laughs> extended. I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm not gonna argue that their B team is ridiculously good, okay? But um, they're we're playing against teams that we can beat, like on a on a given day, as long as we play at the level of that we're capable of playing, okay? But I think there's a lot of positions that we lack um, depth in, and I think strikers. The number one and attacking midfielder is probably the number two. So, I think that you know, in, to win in these these cups and divisions, we're going to need those two positions to be figured out. And I think the only way we can even do well in both is if we sign um, a player in January. Um, with that being said, I will tell you this: Conte, if you follow his career, has done really, really well every time he's gotten knocked out of Europe. So, whenever his team gets knocked out of Europe early. His team like goes on a crazy run of form, and they end up doing really, really well with a really high position. Last year it was Inter; they didn't even make. Uh, I don't think they they got cra- they crashed out of Europe really early. Once Europa League, and he ended up winning the league with with Inter. I think it's almost like a good sign when his team crashes out of Europe. Yeah,
0: uh, um, I think. I, yeah, Mike, Mike, I think that's a great point. I mean, I I, I saw that stat too. Conte does really well when he can focus on the league. And here's the deal: this is our first two months with Conte I mean not even two months give this guy his team if if he finished in the top four there's gonna be people that want to come back to Tottenham again we might have an easier chance to sign some of the players we really do want to sign so maybe it is more important to finish in the top four Champions League and get some of the players that we want for Conte's you know style of play that he that he wants you know if we sit back and play Europa again next year I'm not sure that's the players we're going to get so on that side of it yeah I think top four is a very, very important thing. It might be more important than winning the cup.
1: Yeah. And to be fair to Tom's question here, like he asked this question early this morning before uh, all this news news about COVID kind of came out and uh, really uh, like shattered, like, uh, you know, he asked us uh, whether we want to play full strength or not. And I don't think we have that choice. Um, just because of who's going to be available. And there's a lot of rumors flying out there now. I haven't been able to find anything from a legitimate source telling me that who's not going to be available. Uh, but I've seen like uh, Tottenham Brazil and uh, Yid y- Army 1882 on Instagram. Uh, Tottenham Brazil was Twitter. Naming names like Son, Lucas, Davis, uh, H- Brian Hill, Brian Mason, and R- 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 Ramiro, but he's not available anyway. And Emerson, as some of the names that might might be on the COVID list. Um, I mean, that's obviously some significant contributors to a lot of our success recently. So that's that's kind of nerve wracking for both of these games that we're we're talking about. Um, but especially this Ren one, it's like at, at, at that point, like if you don't have like a strong team to 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 field, like maybe you, you almost uh, unintentionally have to punt it and like you just like you, you if you lose this one you say ah you know well uh we got a bad uh, you know we got bad luck with uh covid but this allows us to focus on the the uh, other cup competitions in the league a bit more and uh um and kind of refocus what we're trying to do and uh, let's look at top four which is really in reach right now I mean it's crazy we got a game in hand and um it, it we were like a uh, one west ham goal away from uh um from being in the in fourth place um if they had lost to chelsea to or, or so yeah this is a uh, um it, it's a good case to to say like well you know maybe we should just say fuck off conference league at this point <laughs> as much as i want a trophy um any other thoughts on this
0: conference league match uh before we go to predictions uh side it was, it was brought up earlier but th- here's the good thing if we do lose this game and we can't play our players and and um is it, I pronunciation wrong but, uh who who's in tied with us Matisse or um they, Bet- they, Bet-
3: they, Bet- they, Bet- yeah, yeah
0: they um if they lose we move on on gold differential so there's there's opportunity of losing and still moving on so we could win the lottery on that game Lost and move.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think they did away with the uh, goal differential, but I think it's head to head is what the first tiebreaker. Oh, is that what it is? is? Yeah, but I think that I think we still move move along. Um, in that case, um,
3: am, am I being crazy saying that this is um made up? Maybe I'm being superstitious. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is me going to some theories here, but that this is uh Maybe Conte really wants to throw this game, and he doesn't want to start his starting squad. And he's saying, "No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe this is just maybe just he's just lying. Maybe they're just lying about this scenario so that he could start a B squad, so that we could crash up. Maybe he doesn't want to be in the league anymore in the Europa Conference League, anyways. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying. I'm just saying random things here. But Jeff, I
2: don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a crazy theory. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him um you know the risk reward isn't that high like you said um anthony if if we win it big deal we could be in you know yeah europa which we would hopefully get anyway i mean i'm sure conte would rather have that time to use for training um so yeah maybe
1: yeah it's a it's an interesting conspiracy theory and i i we can't discount it all together but um especially since they're, they're being so cryptic about who's testing positive and everything like that. It, but, uh, but I, I think we'll have more evidence in the coming days, whether this is like a legitimate COVID outbreak or whether it's a, a conspiracy theory, but I, um, um, and maybe that's even a good episode title for today, COVID conspiracy or something. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to workshop that one a little bit, but um but let's go to predictions on this one and let's uh let's start with uh, Mike first, not knowing who your goal scorers really can be.
3: Uh, yeah. Um I think it'll be a draw. I'm thinking it's a one one draw. Maybe Scarlett scores. Nah, he, I maybe not, to be honest. our our defenders have been scoring a lot, so maybe I should go with um let's go with Tanganga. Sure. Let's go with Tanganga. He gets on the score sheet and then we ended up tying one one. Ow.
1: Okay, I
2: like
3: it and get knocked out the conference.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but I could see that happening. Um, uh, Cy, prediction?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think I think we're gonna lose this game. I think it's gonna be one two them, Um, and I think we're gonna score early and we're gonna end up blowing it. To be honest with you, Um, I just I don't see us playing a full squad, healthy or not. I I mean, maybe Harry does play the game. I I don't know, but um, they're a good squad and. I just don't, I don't really see us winning this match. So I'm going to go one, two Deli Alley scores for us. Okay. Uh, Jeff.
2: Yeah. I, I think the side exactly the same. We lose it uh, two to one. Um, you know, I think Conte throws out as many B guys as he can. Um, I don't even know who scores for us <laughs> to tell the truth. Uh, at this point, it would feel like it, it was a victory if there's anybody other than Kane when the B team is out there, because, None of them ever seem capable, capable of. Maybe Bergwine. I'll say Bergwine.
1: Okay. I, uh, since everybody's so p- pessimistic, I'll take the op- uh, optimism, uh, optimism route here. And I'll say that we win 3 2, that it is kind of a back and forth game, but we do have to play a lot of B squad guys. I do think we get a goal from Deli Alley. I think we get a goal from Bergvine, and I think we get a goal from Ndombele. So all these guys that we're talking about that aren't scoring or doing anything right now. Um, I, I think they have to play. And finally they uh, step up to the plate and, and that would probably be a fun day out, which uh, uh, definitely, if you're in town, come out to the Atlantic for that one for the <laughs> the midweek matches can be fun, small group. Um, we have a good time. So definitely join us for that. If you're in town, I like um, your answer better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and maybe we don't want to be in that competition anymore, but we are. Maybe maybe my uh optimism is uh, is means that we're going to do worse in the the league or get knocked out of other cups that are more pre- prestigious for us, but but I'm I'm going to go with that prediction. Um let's move the conversation along to to Brighton. Uh, so this weekend we take on Brighton again at home. So we, we're having this run of home g- matches, which is going to bite us later in the season when we have a run of away matches that we might struggle with a little bit more. But I, I, it's good news for us now. And and Brighton's currently sitting in ninth place in the league with 20 points. That's four wins, eight draws, and three losses. Um, their current form they most recently had a one-one draw to, away to Southampton this weekend. They drew West Ham, drew Leeds, lost to Villa and drew newcastle going backwards uh they do play um uh, wolves on wednesday the 15th at home um they um without going into all their goal goal scorers i know that they have a they have a handful of guys that are contributing on their team and uh, we've had mixed results against them since they've uh, Come up into the league so we lost Them most recently back in uh, January 2021 so it's been a little While since we've taken them on um, We beat them 2-1 in November 2020 and then a win A loss in a win going back to April 2019 uh, Going backwards so um, so A bit mixed and and We do know that there was that 3 uh, Nil loss That, that uh, was the nail in the, coffin, the Nails in the coffin for uh, Pochettino back in 2019 uh so uh, how are you guys feeling on this uh brighton and hove again not knowing if there's going to be some players unavailable i can yeah, go
2: I
3: think... okay, go ahead go ahead mike i was going to say that uh yeah, they have they all uh, brighton also has like nine players missing actually they have a, a bunch of people missing uh this game as well um i was looking at that and um I don't know, maybe this one gets rescheduled too. I, I Top Burnley had like eight or nine players missing and they rescheduled due to weather. Maybe this will reschedule one due to COVID. But um, if we do play, I mean, it'll be, I think it'll be more fair because Brian will have players missing. We'll have players missing. So we'll see how it goes. Brian have a one-a-game um, in six games in a row. So I think um, there's a good chance that, you know, we can get an early lead on them. But, you know, they have a really good manager. And I think, they play the exact same um formation that we do um where they when their center backs actually push up high the same way our center backs push up high and so um yeah my prediction here I, I i'm not sure i think i think we can um i think we can win but you know because we're at home i think we have a good chance of winning but it's going to be it's going to be a tough one i think
1: well yeah and to your point um i i have up the names right now that are unavailable for brighton uh so we have dunk Shane Duffy, uh, Webster, uh, Sormento, Lalana, Walbeck, uh, Troussard, and, and Alza, is it Alzate? Is that how it's yeah.
0: pronounced? Yeah.
1: So that that's a a lot of contributing players for a, a Brighton squad that's not not um not that expensive
0: of a squad. Um, uh, Stuy? Yeah, I mean, their they're three center backs are all out. And I mean, that doesn't pose well down the road. So really we should have a good chance of winning this game if we're, if we're healthy at all. Um, and Trissad is a great player. Their goal scorer is uh Magpie or Magpie. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's got six goals on the year. Um, they don't have many goals on, on the year actually. So a couple guys have one or two and he's got six. Um, but uh, I really feel like, I really feel good about this game. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be a, um, we're going to own the ball and we're going to, we're going to take it right to them. I think they, we know that they're disabled and, uh, I hope that we, uh, we do that. I hope to put the pressure on them.
1: Even if we're not full strength, I think like we'll exactly. be more, we'll, we'll be stronger than they are at this point. Uh, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I think we win this one two nothing, um, and keep the clean sheets going. I think our defense will be able to hold them up, um, and we finally get go positive on the gold differential, right? We would be plus one if that was the case. It's kind of insane, right, for a Tottenham team to be here in December and be negative in gold differentials. So that would be a real positive development.
1: Yeah, which is really quite amazing considering our position in the table that we're, our gold differential is still this low. But it was so miserable. Uh earlier in the season, uh before Conte and uh the the Nuno Nuno era or I don't know if you can call it an error era when it's that short. But um but yeah, look I and any final thoughts before we go to predictions on this uh this Brighton game other than it's like two weekend sc- sides and we'll we'll see what happens. At least we got the home field advantage and um maybe a few of our stars left. Um any other final thoughts? No. Yeah. So let's go to predictions on it. Um, uh, Mike, you already said that you were predicting a victory here, uh, and Jeff gave us a score. Uh, what? Who are your goal scorers, Mike? And what's your score line? Mm,
3: it's gonna be tough because we don't know who's who's playing, who's not playing. But um, I do agree with the, the the same score line. I think it might be two one. Um, I think it might be two one. And I think. If Kane plays, he'll finally get on the score sheet. I think he he needs to, and I think he's he's getting so close to, so he's definitely going to get on the score sheet. Um, on the other side, I mean, for a second goal, I would say probably Emerson.
0: Okay, oh, I like it. Uh, Cy? Um I'm predicting a more of a more of a blowout, which we don't really do very often. But I'm thinking four nothing, and I think uh, I think Harry really gets on the sheet. I think he gets his hat trick. Um, I think it's a Harry hat trick, and I I don't know who the fourth goal would be. And the way he's playing is probably Ben Davies. He's going to be somewhere around the goal, and he's going to tap one in or something. I don't know. But I'm going to go Davies one and Harry three. I
1: like it. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, you had 2 nil, right? Yeah, 2 nil. I'll go
2: Kane and Son for the score. You know, Son's starting to get in that streak. You know, he's such a streaky player. He scored in the last couple. So, usually, he keeps that going for six or seven games. So think he'll score again and yeah harry showed signs in norwich like i said i
1: think he's getting more and more on target i think he breaks through um see since i really don't know who's ill and i only have these like uh like harebrained theories about who's not available that are saying names like lucas and son which makes me a little bit concerned um I'm going to be a little bit more conservative, though. I wanted to say blowout with how many injuries that they have, and that their center back—they the, have real no legitimate center back pairing that they can go with here. At least nobody with experience. But I'm going to say three-one. Uh, I'm going to—I I do think Harry Kane gets a brace in this one because he will be available. Um, and I'm going to say that we have—we have to play somebody a little bit different. Uh, other than maybe son and um mora um so i'm going to give a goal to bergvine here like i i think once bergvine gets off the board at some point <laughs> uh we'll probably uh, have a little bit more uh, potential to sell him i mean i know Ajax want him but um but i think like uh maybe a couple of goals under his belt in the premier league will make him a little bit more appealing to people so um so it would be nice for him to get a goal here, even though I don't think he's going to be sticking around long-term with Conte as coach, because uh, he doesn't seem to favor him that much. Um, well, um, any final thoughts just in general on the week that was the week that, uh, that that's coming up um, before we wrap up the podcast, um, just uh final Spurs thoughts here, I guess uh, to wrap things up,
0: Cy. Si? Yeah, I guess I guess I'll just say you, you got to win the games that are in front of you. We beat Leeds, we beat Brentford, beat Norwich. Let's hope we beat Brent, uh Brighton. Um and then worry about who comes up next after that. Uh I think we're playing well and I think if uh if it starts clicking with Harry, I really think we're in good shape.
1: Yeah, and that that's key. If like Harry Skirts start scoring goals, we could be a tough to stop at that point uh, with everything else that's going right for us. Um Mike, Jeff, any Mike, you, you have some final thoughts?
3: Yeah, I I agree exactly. And um, like I was saying earlier, and I'm gonna say it again, it just it makes me feel I feel so calm. Like now that we have a really good manager, like I really mean that. You know, I used to like get angry about lineups. I'm not joking. I used to like when they announced the starting eleven, and I didn't see a guy that I wanted to start, I would be like, "What is Nuno doing? What is Mourinho doing? You guys don't know what you guys are doing." Or when Mason would start, when Harry Winks every game, I was like it would really bother me, you know? And it, I was always going into the game with, like, a negative, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't a positive approach. And I think it's a, it's a, just a different vibe, and I feel a lot more calmer going into the game, just, like, watching the game and just enjoying it, honestly. And um, I think this is, like, a good run for for um, Conte. He's getting these games where, you know, the, the level of competition isn't, like, you know, th- not with Liverpool and Chelsea and, and them. And he's getting to build rapport with the team, He's getting them to build confidence, and I think um, he's going to get his first like real test actually after the Brighton game because we have Leicester and Liverpool coming up too. So he'll has he'll start having his real test, and I think at that point hopefully they'll be ready. And you know he'll see exactly what we're really lacking. And he's made a lot of good comments. I think he's really been able to analyze the squad really fast, and uh, it's just it's kind of insane how quickly he's been able to um, make a difference in our team. It's insane.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, any final thoughts, Jeff, before we go?
2: Yeah, just because you know, big things are really positive right now, especially these two games we just talked about, you could see a huge difference in the team from the way it was. Um, you can see that guys are making, you know, they're following tactics, they're doing plays, they're being where they're supposed to be. Other players know where they are and how to get them the ball. I mean, under Nuno and under they to a certain extent. It was like they pulled ten guys off the street who had never met each other before, right? Um, even though our passing still is not where it needs to be, um, I think we're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and and just to add on what you guys said, like it really this is the first time since like Mourinho's stretch at the be- the beginning of his first full season where we we even got up to first place for a while. This this is the first time that I've felt like the top four is uh, realistic like uh, um, nobody stepping up and claiming that that fourth spot I mean maybe West Ham is making a case for it but um, but nothing that seems like the insurmountable at this point point. Um, and we have that game in hand which is good. Burnley away is never an easy match but um, but it's still one that uh, that we can collect some points on these teams and we're, we're already just sitting outside of that uh, top four. Um, so I have a lot of optimism of what I'm seeing with, with the Conte coach team um, and a lot of the talks that he has of like bringing in like five players. I don't know that we'll get five players uh, in the winter window, but like uh, he's certainly pushing for that. And if we get three, that would be uh what our, our best winter window ever. So, um, um, we certainly have a lot of uh, need, but he's making it work with what we have right now, at least against the bottom of the table. And now we have to see if we can make it work against the, the, the top of the table when we start facing those teams again. So that's what we have to look towards. And I think that's where we need those acquisitions to improve. Um, but it, it is a lot more optimism than we've had in a while. Um, well, I, this was a great conversation today. Th- um, thank you so much to, to Mike, Cy and Jeff for being on. It's great to have some of our listeners give feedback. And uh, um, so we don't just critica- criticize you guys with your questions. <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, you, you get to speak up for yourselves here. Uh, so it was a, 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 definitely a fun day out. So thank you guys so much for being on. Uh, but thanks to, Tommy for editing and sound today. Uh, uh, Charlie for the music. Kevin for social media. Kimby for, Kimberly for the logo. And as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. It's great to be watching matches there. Uh, I think we're going to be recording there in person next week. So it'll be great to be back there for an in-person episode um, at the pub. Um, and hopefully I won't screw up the sound this time. Um uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media. Uh, find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.